The following shear has been presented by Dayan Shlomo Cohen. Dayan, based in Havat Shalom, Yerushalayim, an author of the Chayshin Mishpat work, Pure Money, and has been brought to you by the Beis Havat Halacha Center. Babakama Daf Ein. The Mishnah tells us that someone who stole and sold a stolen property on Shabbat has to pay Dalit Vahey. That means that even though it's also to buy and sell on Shabbat, nevertheless, if one did so, the sale is a valid sale. The sale cannot be nullified by the fact that you did an Issa by making the sale. If this wasn't so, then the seller wouldn't have to pay Dalit Vahey. Because the Chiv of Dalit Vahey is only where a sale was made. The Shulchan Aruch Paskins in Simon Reish Lamed Hay and also in Simon Reish Chet that a transaction that was made by Issa is valid. Says the Shach, even if the Kenyan was made through an Issa Deiraisa, like a transfer on Shabbat from a Rishuta Rabbim to Rishuta Yochid, Rishuta Yochid to Rishuta Rabbim, where an Issa Deiraisa was done to make the Kenyan, nevertheless the sale is valid. And the Raya is from our Mishnah. Also says the Shulchan Aruch over there, that if someone made a transaction involving interest, ribis, the transaction is valid. You just don't have to pay the interest, because that's Be'issa. But the fact that an Issa was done in the making of the transaction doesn't invalidate the transaction. But Lahore, everyone asks a big cash on, 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 the, on this din. Because there are more Paskins in Yeridea, Simon Reish Lamed, there are more Paskins that if someone made a Shavua, they made a, an oath not to sell a particular object of theirs, and then they sold it, that the sale is invalid. The source of the Salocha is a Gemorian Tamura that says, Kol milsa de Omar Achmona Lota Ovid, anything that the Torah says not to do, if you did it, it doesn't work. So, how can the Pesuchanach Paskin, how can, how can we understand our Mishnah? That a sale on Shabbat is a sale. Although it was done through an Isidir Isa here, says the Shach, through a transfer from Rishut HaYochit to Rishut Rabim. What's even more difficult is that there are more Paskins in Choshin Mishpat in Simon Reish Chet Punk Fakad, Biduk is the opposite from what he passed in, in Yerodeh. He passed he in Semifurash in Reish Chet that if you made a Shavuah not to sell a particular piece of property and sold it, that the sale is valid. He contradicts what he passed in Yerodeh. The Shach says that Bemet, the case of the Shavuah, is a Sveik the dinner. But the case of a sale on Shabbat whether there's an Isidir Raisa or an Isidir Abonan, the sale is valid. What's the difference between where you made a Shavua not to sell and where you sold on Shabbat, says the Shach? The difference is that in Yeridea, the Gemorian Tamur that says that if you go do something against the Torah, it doesn't work. That's talking about where there's no way to make the transaction beheta. Like in the case of the Shavuot, seeing as you made a Shavuot that you're not going to sell 
a particular, you're not going to sell a particular piece of property. So there's no way now you can sell that property beheta. There we say that the transaction doesn't work. But if it's possible to do the transaction beheta, like a Kenyan that was made on Shabbat, you could sell it after Shabbat. Or a deal involving interest, that, that you could make the deal without the interest. There the sale is valid, according to everyone. And the rise is from our Mishnah, that someone who sells on Shabbat, the sale is a valid sale. Harai, that he has to pay Dalit Vachei. A case arose with someone who inherited a Sefer Torah. So this guy was in need of cash, and he didn't have any need for the Sefer Torah. Therefore, he sold the Sefer Torah for $20,000. He didn't know that it's also to sell a Sefer Torah, except for special reasons. The Shulchan Aruch Paskins in, in Evin Ezer Simon Aleph, that you're allowed to sell a Sefer Torah in order to, to get married, to marry, marry someone, or for Torah learning. But he didn't sell it for either of these two reasons. So as we said here though, the sale is Lechorah valid. Even though I must say that there's a Magen Avram in Orachaim, Simon Kufnun Gimel, Siv Kotin Chaf Gimel. The Magen Avram says that the custom is that a privately owned Sefer Torah can be sold. But nevertheless, there are poskim that argue with the Magen Avram. You see the Pitzchei Tshuva in Yeridea, in Reish Pei Bet, that they hold this Nisad Rabbonin to sell even a privately owned Sefer Torah. Our seller found out after the sale that there's an Issa to sell a Sefer Torah. He was shocked, full of remorse. Why? What did I do? How could I have sold it? There's an Issa. I didn't know there was an Issa. He wanted to claim that the sale is invalid. Why? Even though we passed him that a sale by Issa is valid, he said, no, he said, listen, if I'd known that there was an Issa to sell a Sefer Torah, I would never have made a sale. That, he said, that, that's my reason to invalidate the sale. It's a Mekah Taut. I didn't know all the information. I didn't know that there's an Issa. If I'd known there was an Issa, I would never have made a sale. Sounds like a good Taina. Sounds like a good claim. Is such a claim valid? Can he make such a claim? He's a full Yid. And he wants to claim, if I'd known that there was an Issa in selling a Sefer Torah, I'd never have made the sale. The Shulchan Aruch, Paskins in Simon Reish Zayn, Sif Gimel, that let's say someone sold their house. At the time of the sale, they said clearly that the only reason why they're selling their house is because they're planning on leaving, leaving uh, America and going to live in Eretz Israel. In the end, they didn't manage to. They didn't manage to complete their plans and move to Eretz Israel. Can he invalidate the sale? Paskins Aruch, that seeing as he said clearly at the time of the sale, that the reason he's selling is because he wants to go and live in Eretz Yisrael. When it turns out that he can't go and live in Eretz Yisrael, he can invalidate the sale. But he emphasizes that's only because he said so. If he didn't say clearly that, that was his intention at the time of the sale, he can't invalidate the sale, even though it may be clear that that was his intention. The reason for this is, that what he had in his head at the time of the sale cannot affect the transaction that was made. This is called Dvoim Shebelev. Dvoim Shebelev, we pass an Einem Dvarim. We don't take them into account. 
So much so, says the Kutsos in Simon Yudbet, Sifkot and Aleph, let's say Reuven owes Shimon a thousand dollars. Shimon decides one day that he's not going to claim the loan. He didn't tell anyone. But he decided, I'm not going to claim this loan from Reuven. Is he permitted afterwards to claim the loan? To change his mind and claim the loan? Says the Kutsos, he can change his mind afterwards and claim the loan. Why? At the time when he decided in his heart, in his head, not to claim the loan, that's Dvorim Shubalev. Dvorim Shubalev, Einim Dvorim. The Maeser, the Marshal argues, the Katos comes to argue with the Marshal, the Marshal learns that here we do say Dvorim Shubalev, Havim Dvorim, and he can't go back once he was, he decided to, to not claim the loan. But the Katos says no. Seeing as it was only, he didn't, his intentions was not made clear to the Olam, it wasn't made clear to everyone that his intention was to, to, to not claim the loan. He can claim the loan afterwards. The Piskei Tshuva adds on to the Kutsot that only in a case where you provided, for example, a service for someone else or gave someone else something and at the time you gave it over to them your intention was that you're not going to charge then you're not allowed to charge afterwards because at the time you gave it over to them you gave them a gift. But if it's not a case of a gift then what he had in his head, what he had in his heart, doesn't make any difference. However, we find some cases in Choshin Mishpat where Dvarim Shebelev do make a difference. The classic examples are, first of all, let's take the case of what's called a Shechiv A person who's on his deathbed. While he's on his deathbed, he decides he's going to give away all his property to friends, relations. He gave away all his property. Afterwards, he recovers from his illness. We pass him that he's allowed to invalidate now all the gifts that he gave away. Why? Because it's clear to everyone that the only reason why he gave away his property because he thought he was going to die. There's an umdun of the mukhach that the only reason why he gave away his property is because he thought he was going to die. So here, Dvorim Shubalev haven't Dvorim. We are mityaches, we do pay attention to what was in his head. We realize it was in his head to give it all his property away because he thought he was going to die. If he doesn't die, he doesn't have to give away his property. Another case was someone who heard Lo'aleinu that his children had died. And therefore he wrote away all his property to, 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 to friends, friends and, 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 and distant relations. Afterwards, even after he dies, we find out that his children are still alive. All the things that he gave away are now mevutal, we, and we give the property to the children. Why? Because here too, it's clear to everyone that the only reason why he disinherited his children was because he thought they were dead. Only in these types of cases, says the Gro, can we say that there's an umdun ad-demuchach to nullify a transaction? Can we, do we, do, we do pay attention to a person's intentions. Do we do pay attention to what was in his head at the time he made a Kenyan or a transaction? Here his intentions are crystal clear to anyone. In such a case we pay attention to, to what was in his heart, what was in his head. But if it's not so clear as these two cases of a Shrivmira and someone who wrote away his property to someone else after hearing his children were, had died, then we, don't, we can't pay attention 
to, to umdala to what we think was his intention. The Shulchan Aruch Paskins in Evan Ezer in Simon Mem Dalid what's the case of a Jew who unknowingly married a Mamzeret or a Kohen who unknowingly married a divorcee we Paskin that the Kedushin is a valid Kedushin and he has to has to give a get even though in marrying them there's an Issa even though by marrying, by a, by a kosher Jew marrying a mamzeret there's an Issa, by a Kohen marrying a divorcee there's an Issa, an Issa lav. Even so, the Kenyan is valid. You can't claim a Mekach Taut here. Even though an Issa was done. The Noda Yehuda, the Pisgah Tshuva brings it, brings it in Simen Lametet, the Sifkot and Dalid, brings a case of a divorcee who lied to a Kohen he told her, he, he told, she told him that, that she was a widow and therefore they can get married. After the wedding, the Kohen found out that she was a divorcee, she was a grusha and it's also for him to marry her. As soon as the Kohen heard, heard this, he ran away. After he ran away, unfortunately he died, leaving his wife as an aguna. Why? Because he had an older brother. His older brother was 70 years old and no one knew where he was. If the marriage was a valid marriage, then this lady now needs Chalitza. They can't do Yibum because it's also because he's a Kohen and she's a Grusha. But they should certainly need Chalitza. And, this, and the brother is, seven, is over, so everyone knows that the brother is over 70 years old and they don't know where he is. So she's going to have to sit in a guna until either we know that he's died or he comes and does, and does chalitza. The question was asked to the Noda Yehuda, what's the case in such a case? Can we say that there was a Mekah Taut here? Seeing as she lied to him and told him that she was a widow and not a divorcee, can we say that the whole Kiddushin is Batel because of a Mekah Taut? That's what the person who asked the Noda Yehuda the Kasha wanted to tie her. The Noda Yehuda Paskin, no. Even though it's a case of an Aguna here, where normally in the case of Aguna we try to be as makel as possible, he Paskin that this lady cannot get remarried without Chalitza. And he brought a Raya from the case of the Shulchan Aruch. We mentioned that even where there's an Issa in a marriage, nevertheless the marriage is a valid marriage. Therefore, in our case of the Sefer Torah, seeing as it's not Muchach, it's not clear to everyone that he would never have sold the Sefer Torah if he'd known of the Issa. There's no way he can now invalidate the transaction and he can't go back on the deal and the Sefer Torah now belongs to the new buyer. The Daf Yomi Halacha series has been brought to you by the Base Havad Halacha Center. To reach the Center for Halacha Consultation, Service, Educational Seminars or Media, please call one 888-485-VAD That's 1-888-485-8223 To sign up to the BHHJ, the Base Havad's weekly interactive e-journal, please visit www.bhhj.org or you can email us at office 
at thehalachacenter.org.